The Ducks finally get their eighth regulation win of the season. It only took, what, 59 games? A big victory against the Washington Capitals on Troy Terry's return and also on Alex Ovechkin's return. We'll talk about all that and more on this edition of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, hockey fans. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for over a decade. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. Uh, once again, I've been covering hockey for over a decade. You could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. And this show is free and available across all platforms. So check us out, including Amazon and YouTube. Hit that bell if you have not already. All right. So double header day. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's been raining a little bit. I don't know if you could tell by the shadows, but it is raining. And this is actually take two of this because there was a bit of a lightning strike. So I kind of had to stop a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Also, my uh, the dog here got a little bit spooked here. I'm not going to bring her on camera today, but yeah, she was pretty spooked. Now she's finally sleeping and calm, listening to my dulcet tones talk about the Anaheim Ducks. Because guess what? They won. They got their eighth regulation win of the season, matching the Washington Capitals and the San Jose Sharks, both of whom had eight regulation wins all season. So the Ducks have tied that mark. They haven't passed it yet, so they're not exactly past overall mediocrity. Now they've just met the most mediocre, like the most bad teams ever. They're tied. They've got 23 games to get at least one more regulation win. Hey, that might come next month because guess what? This is the Ducks' first regulation win all month. Yeah, you heard that right. First regulation win all month. It only took game 9 or 10 to do it. It only took until the 23rd day of February with two more games left in the month. Oh, boy. Yeah, the Ducks so far have gotten two wins this month. An overtime win against the Blackhawks and this regulation win against the Capitals. By the way, a two-goal victory for the Anaheim Ducks. We haven't seen that since exactly four weeks ago when the Ducks beat the Colorado Avs 5-3 in Denver at Ball Arena. That was the last time we saw that. That seems like such a long time ago, right, guys? I mean, let's think about this for a second. The Ducks this season have been that bad. Like, there's no way around it. They aren't mathematically eliminated yet, but they may as well be because the max points they could get is around 90. And given the Western Conference, that's not going to cut it this season. I think the cutoff is going to be around 95 to 97 points this season. So if you're a fan of the tank... Not a good game. If you're a fan of good hockey and seeing quality players come back, then you love this game. And by that, I mean Troy Terry. Troy Terry, his first game back, and he looks good. He looks fine. I thought he skated well in this one. 
But on the other side, we have to talk about the other side of this. Because the Washington Capitals, they're a team that is, I'm going to say this word, they're a team in despair right now. They had lost their previous four games, all without Alexander Ovechkin, who was off in Russia for his father's funeral. And now that he came back, look, I expected one goal. I put that tweet out there and I got at least two replies saying, oh, he's going to get a hat trick. Okay, I didn't think he'd get a hat trick, but I legit thought that Ovi would score a goal for his father on this game. And that did not happen. So with this game, Anaheim broke a long losing streak. They finally broke the streak because they had lost their previous, I think it was like their previous six games that they lost. Because the last loss was against, or the last time they won was Chicago. So one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, six game losing streak. Washington is there. Washington is now in the midst of their own six game losing streak. All in regulation. Washington is playing themselves out of a playoff spot right now. In fact, they are only two points back of the Detroit Red Wings. But Detroit has three games in hand. For those two wildcard spots, and I know this is locked on Ducks, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention how much this meant to the Capitals and how debilitating a loss this is for Washington. In the wildcard race, as of this recording, the Islanders have the first wildcard spot. The second wildcard spot, the Detroit Red Wings, who have not made the playoffs in a few years, they have that number two spot right now. Then number three, the Florida Panthers, 64 points. 63 points, the Pittsburgh Penguins, 62 points. And they had a big win yesterday. The Buffalo Sabres had a massive win at Tampa Bay yesterday. I'll admit, I was going back and forth between three games. I was watching Kings Devils, Ducks Capitals, and Sabres Lightning. That was an entertaining as hell game. But that was a big win for Buffalo. By percentage points, the two wildcard teams would be the Detroit Red Wings and the Buffalo Sabres. Neither team has made it in the last five years. Neither team, and I could tell that uh, Joe Diabasi, host of Locked on Sabres, he is salivating at this. Brian Fisher, one of the hosts of Locked on Red Wings, he is excited. Neither of those hosts have talked about playoff hockey. Meanwhile, I've been here the whole time, and I have not talked once. Actually, no, I take that back. I talked about it last season when the Ducks were in first in the division. I was thinking playoffs, and then everything went to crap. Am I a little jealous? Maybe slightly. Maybe slightly jealous to see at least one of those teams make the playoffs. Washington, they're running out of time quickly. Losing six regulation games in a row, and some of those are winnable games too. This might be the loss that might break their back. Because they only have 22 games left. And they've got some pretty tough opponents coming up. So what this means for the Ducks is just, you know, not being historically bad as far as regulation wins are concerned. For the Capitals, they just lost to Detroit the other night. They lost to Florida. They're chasing both of those teams. And to lose those games and then to lose 
to the last place at the time, the last place Ducks. They might be golfing very soon, folks. So that's what this one meant to Washington. All right. I'm going to break down the game in depth after the first intermission. So stay locked in. But first, let's talk about Built Bar, my favorite protein bar. And Built Bar has some incredible macros. So if you're looking to have a great little workout snack, and if you want a protein bar that tastes good, then try some Built Bars now because they're available at your local Walmart and also your local Sam's Club. They have the basic flavors such as cookies and cream. I think they have double chocolate as well. But if you want to try some of the new flavors, and thanks to Sarah Avampato for sending me this, they now have animal cookie or animal... Yeah, the animal cookie, like the, you know, the pink and white cookies. Those ones. They have that as a built puff flavor. They also have the maple donut puff flavor, which I've tried. It's delicious. My favorite, still the churro puff. So if you want to try those flavors for yourselves, head over to built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKEDON15. That's LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next purchase of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Welcome back to this cold and rainy edition of Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. As I mentioned earlier, the Ducks finally got their eighth regulation win of the season. Hallelujah. 4-2 over the Washington Capitals. How did we get there? Glad you asked. Bad start for the Ducks in the first period as per usual this season. TJ Oshie got a power play goal from the high slot. This was a power play. The Caps were looking. I mean looking for Alexander Ovechkin. During that same sequence, Ovi took a hard slap shot. Luckily, Gibby was right there waiting for him. That play was kind of telegraphed. That might be part of why the Caps lost this game. They were trying to get Alexander Ovechkin that emotional goal. And he took a lot of shots. I think he had like 10 or 11 shot attempts. Because there were definitely a few that missed the mark. He had officially 5 shots on goal. But shot attempts, it was almost a dozen by my count. Especially on the power play. One just really missed by a couple of feet. Another one didn't miss by much, but that was pretty much what the Caps were trying to do during all three of those power plays. And it worked out in the first period. Second period, that's where things got a little bit more interesting. A perfect, perfect stretch pass from Cam Fowler to Isaac Lundestrom, who has been coming on as of late, Isaac's third goal of the season. But in general, Lundy's game has been getting a little bit better as the season has worn on. And Cam Fowler, a perfect, perfect pass from one blue line to the other. Chef's kiss right there. Tied things up at one. Now, that second goal for the Capitals. Nick Jensen got a nice feed, feed from Nick Dowd. This one took a little bit of a weird bounce. And Jensen... Got the goal. Now, the weirdest goal of the day, by far, was middle of the second period 
where Troy Terry took a pass from Dmitry Kulikov, and Troy Terry just slapped one right towards the net, right towards the glove hand of Charlie Lindgren. And Lindgren did get the puck. If I could illustrate, I mean, I have, I don't have gloves, but, you know, I have a mitten right here. So just to illustrate what exactly happened visually. All right, I'm going to try here. So Troy Terry shot the puck. Lindgren tried to get it. And the puck just went, just like it went right off of him, off the glove kind of trickled and kind of fluttered a little bit, just did this weird fluttering thing, fell behind Lindgren, and there was a couple of defensemen who the puck fell under. And before we knew it, we saw the puck magically cross over the line somehow. So while no other duck touched the puck on the way into the net, it was touched and fell under a Washington defenseman, and somehow went in the goal. And they did look at this. They did review it. And as it turns out, it was a good goal. So that tied things up in the weirdest way at 2-2. Two two. Credit Troy Terry with that goal, his 14th of the season. But if it wasn't for Terry being aggressive, taking that shot, no way that would have gone in. No way. So love seeing the aggressiveness of Troy Terry back for his first game. Yeah, love to see it. So we had a Troy Vechkin goal. Not an Ovechkin goal. Third period. It was all Washington. Well, I should say, more accurately, almost all Washington. Shot attempts in that period were in favor of Washington. 33-12. to 12. Shots on goal were 16-5 to 5 in favor of Washington. If it is that one-sided and it's tied 2-2, two to two, you would expect that the team that's out shooting you or out attempting you 33-12 to 12, would get the victory, right? No, wrong. <laughs> the Ducks had exactly one high-danger chance, and they converted on that. They absolutely got their one legit chance, and cashed in Jakob Silferberg with a wrister of a goal, his seventh of the season. Love to see Silfie get a goal from Max Comtois. And then Derek Grant, yeah, the elite 1C, getting an empty netter towards the end of the game. That's your final score, 4-2 to in favor of the Ducks. Despite the fact that in the last half of the game, they were getting outshot and out-attempted like crazy. I mean, like crazy in this game. You wouldn't expect that looking at some of the micro stats. I definitely thought that the Capitals were going to come back because once it was 3-2 Anaheim, it was all Washington as far as shot attempts, shots, block. Like, it was all Washington. And this is where I give credit to John freaking Gibson. Gibby deserved a taser for this game. Gibby deserved the first star in this game. And I'm glad he did. Like, he solely deserved it. He got 41 saves on 43 shots on goal. You know what I'm going to say. I've said it about 30-something times a season. Going to say it again. The Ducks allowed 
40 plus shots. John Gibson saved their ass again. Again, he saved their asses. John Gibson's trade stock is rising with every game. This was one of those games where John Gibson, I don't want to say he solely got the Ducks to to victory, but when the expected goals are 4.05 to 3.32 in favor of the Capitals, and you get a game score of 2.05, then yeah, you were mostly responsible for that victory. Heck yeah, you were. So John Gibson, you were a freaking gem. You're a freaking star in this game. Deserve that first star. And we're only seven days away from the trade deadline. Seven days away. What are the Ducks going to do about their goaltending? Hmm. I have a solution of sorts as to what the Ducks could do with their goaltending situation. John Gibson has shown that he's capable of still being a high-quality goalie. If you're the Ducks, do you get rid of him now? Now, I wouldn't want to get rid of John Gibson because I still think he's a good goalie. Is he an elite goalie? Like some people have said, I don't think he's an elite goalie, but I still think he is very good. Especially when the chips are down on the line. Gibby can be that guy that can get you the big saves and the big stops. We saw this against a pretty good Washington team. So if you're Anaheim and you're at least exploring. I'm not saying they should. But at least explore it. See what you can get for John Gibson. And see what teams are willing to offer. If teams are willing to offer the world to you, then by all means, take it. Does that mean that it's going to work out better for John Gibson? I mean, look, the Ducks did make a trade last season to the Boston Bruins. The Ducks gave up Hampus Lindholm. At the time, it looked like a metric crap load of stuff going back to the Ducks. And at the time, it, it was a huge package going back to Anaheim. But now looking at how well Boston has done this season, and I'll even give my shout-out to my buddy Ian McLaren, host of Locked on Bruins, who even pointed out that the Bruins right now, they are that much better with Hampus Lindholm on that team. Look, Lindholm is a top defenseman. We knew this when he got traded. And we knew that the Ducks would get back a first-round pick, which is fine. We have to wait a little bit to see how those picks worked out in favor of Anaheim. we got to wait and see. But if Boston can get a Stanley Cup out of this, or at the very least a very deep playoff run, then I would say it's worth it. If Boston can knock out the Tampa Bay Lightning as the Eastern Conference champion, then they would say that trade was worth it 100%. And they still have a few more years of Hampus Lindholm. And Lindholm has looked healthy this season. This was even pointed out by Brad Marchand. Uh, Yesterday, Brad Marchand was on Locked on Bruins and even said that Hampus Lindholm is a top two defenseman. He's a top defenseman in this league. And even, you know, Brad Marchand was quoted as saying that that was probably the best trade the Bruins made last season. I mean, for Boston to have that as the best trade and to give up that much, 
that tells you how good Lindholm was and how good Hampus is in that setting. Lindholm was struggling at times as an Anaheim Duck. And sometimes you just need a new setting to really, you know, right you mentally. This might be the same thing for John Gibson. I mean, I pointed out a couple teams. Pittsburgh being one of those teams that's linked with John Gibson. Maybe Pittsburgh needs that quality goalie. And I've started to see this more ever since I brought this about last week on this podcast. And I noticed that a couple of sites have run with this. Buffalo seems like the perfect spot for John Gibson. Buffalo just had a big win at Tampa Bay last night. And that's giving up a few goals. Uko Pekka Lukanen, I don't think is going to be a number one goalie in this league. I think Lukanen is a quality backup. If Buffalo wants John Gibson and they want to give up, you know, some big assets for him, then maybe go for it now. I mean, all you need is a chip and a chair. And if John Gibson can become revitalized in Buffalo, then maybe that'll work. I mean, I know his buddy Ryan Miller, former Anaheim Duck, just got his number retired by the Buffalo Sabres. Maybe he could convince him. Maybe he could say, you know what, John? Or actually, I could imagine this. I could imagine Ryan Miller picking up the phone and say, hey, what's going on, Gibbs? Yeah. So... You know, maybe you haven't heard this, but maybe Buffalo could be a decent spot. I mean, I had my best success in Buffalo. I had my best years there. We had some good playoff runs. They treated me well. They retired my number. I mean, maybe give it a shot. Click. Hey, who knows, right? I feel like that could be just a good spot mentally for John Gibson. Because I legit could see the Buffalo Sabres make playoff run after playoff run. And can you imagine how good, how ridiculously good John Gibson would look in a black and red Buffalo Sabres go-head jersey? Ooh. Ooh. Just thinking about that, I would I would legit rock that jersey. If it were to happen, I would rock a black and red Gibby jersey. And he could just be revitalized for a few years. I could see it. So maybe a Lindholm situation could happen here. And if Buffalo's willing to trade away a lot of stuff, but looking back, it could be the best trade Buffalo's ever made. Why not go for it? Or, or you could maybe trade Anthony Stolarz. Now the risk for that is Stoli has been out for a little bit with injury. So I think more teams are going to see that right now and have a little bit of caution. Which segues into the final thing I want to talk about before we wrap up. Adam Henrique is out for the foreseeable future. He is not day-to-day. He is, oh wow. He is week-to-week. I hope I don't lose my power. If you saw that bright flash, that was a lightning Speaking of Tampa Bay Lightning, that was a lightning bolt right there. Rico's going to be week to week. He's going to be out during the trade deadline. I know there were several teams that were looking at Adam Henrique as a trade possible trade ship. I don't think it's going to happen now, especially if he's week to week. If anybody's going to take a punt at Rico, 
they're not going to offer much. So if you're the Ducks, you might want to pump the brakes on this and hang on to Uncle Rico for another season. He'd be a rental next year. Maybe you could look at trading. I mean, who else could they trade at this point? I mean, aside from John Klingberg, of course, who is going to get traded. The question is whether Klingberg will get a first round pick or a second round pick. So far in the trade market, it's looking like Klingberg could get a first or a second. Right now, it is leaning towards second. He hasn't had a good enough season to quantify getting a first round pick. And look, Klingberg's only got three more games to show that he can be that guy that can, you know, get something for you. And there's, you know, a couple games left. They have Carolina tomorrow on the road. They have the Blackhawks at home on Monday. Then they have the Capitals again on Wednesday. If Klingberg can show up big on those next three games then maybe, just maybe, the Ducks can get a first-round pick for John Klingberg. Again, trade deadline is only seven days away, so keep your eyes and ears peeled at the LO underscore Ducks Twitter account as I'll be talking trades pretty much all next week. All right, that's going to do it for this particular, particular podcast. We'll be back later with another podcast, and, you know, I got some historical numbers to talk about it's going to be pretty jarring folks in the meantime thanks for watching don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms including stitcher spotify odyssey apple podcast google podcast amazon youtube you could follow me on twitter at stimpy jd the show's twitter is at lo underscore ducks if you want to drop me a line you could email me at locked on anaheim ducks at gmail.com once again Thank you all for your continuous support. It is so greatly appreciated. And be careful out there in the rain, guys. It's supposed to snow in the local mountains. So just be aware out there. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the afternoon. Please remember to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and ducks fly together. Fly together.